want to give honor where it's due tonight to the host pastor, uh, Subalchi. Did I say that right? Close enough. I got the thumbs up from the pastor's wife. If she's happy, a happy pastor's wife, we'll have a move of God. So there you go. And um, I give honor to your presbyter, Brother Russell, and to your section leader, Brother Rutherford, right? Haven't met you yet, but high honor, sir. God bless you. And Brother and Sister Poole, thank you for years of connecting and friendship. Many years ago, when I was a student pastor, we had some conversations. And I thank God for youth leaders that serve a long time. You've done well. Done well. And to uh, surprise, my wife and children were not going to be here tonight. My son's in a wedding tomorrow and they had a rehearsal. But they tried to be sneaky and I caught them coming in the back door. So that's my one fine lady right there. When she calls, my caller ID says a fine lady. And I say, hallelujah. Ladies, it's coming. You're going to find a guy that's going to do that. It's coming. It's coming. So, but I give honor to all the ministry tonight and to um, Blake and Tanner. Thank you for coming. All right. Let's preach. You ready for the Lord to help, help us tonight? Have you come expecting God to speak to your hearts? Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, hear this, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. But the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day that ye eat Thereof your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise. Now, if you read the Bible like I do, he was rhyming right there. So I'm like, if it's good for the eyes, it's going to make you wise. Okay, I'm in the wrong place, obviously. I, I get it. That was so bad. So you'll never remember anything else I did tonight except for that lame attempt to be legit. But I'm going to quit, so it's all good. You got that? Cool. So here's what happened. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. You got time for one more scripture? James chapter 2 verse 19 says it. Like this, thou believest that there is, come on, shout it, thou believest that there is, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. I want to preach from a very simple thought tonight, the tale of two voices. Look at your neighbor and say, it matters what voice you listen to, it matters. Would you lay your Bibles down and would you lift your hands and would you close your eyes? Let's pray for the word of God that's hard anointed to come alive in our hearts tonight. Let's pray collectively right now. Lord, I pray that you would help me, God, to hear your word tonight. Help me, God, to receive your word. I pray for an apostolic anointing and authority to be released in this atmosphere. Let signs and wonders, God, let miracles take place tonight. God, we've already heard the expectation of the gifts of the Spirit. I release them right now to operate in this tabernacle. 
We have not come tonight for just a normal youth rally. We've come for a move of your spirit. And I refuse to leave until we have one. God, we're not here to play games. We're here to find deliverance. We're here to find strength. We're here to find the help of the Holy Ghost. Give us that tonight in Jesus' name. And if you believe that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, just one more time before you see to put those hands together. Come on, clap like the devil's head is between your hands right now. Come on, lift your voice and declare the Holy Ghost to have its way. Let God arise and the enemies be scattered. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you to the worship team. Great job. Genesis chapter 3 opens with a very familiar portion of scripture. However, it closes the question in everyone's eyes. Can we fall into the trap and the deception of our adversary, the devil? That's the question that we must ask tonight. And I'm happy to report it's a simple and profound answer. It's yes. Yes, we can fall into the trap and the deception of the devil. Did you know that people this day, this very day right now, fall into the various peculiar traps and the snares in which Satan will place along the walk of life? His tactical and, and he's, he's very wise in the way that he leads us into temptation, but he does it with every attempt and trying with everything he has to deceive us into thinking something is right when it's been wrong all along. And this story found in Genesis 3 is no different. Here's Adam and Eve going along in life and all of a sudden they're faced with this serpent who's trying to deceive them into eating from the tree that God specifically spoke against. It sounds just, sounds just like the devil. He displays as a beautiful snake. That's odd by itself. I hate snakes. Anybody like snakes in the house? Okay, the altar's open for repentance and deliverance right now. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But he displays as this enticing, slippery serpent, this evil noodle, if you will. And through his deception and his enticement, he lures Eve into this place that God told her to stay away from. Yea, hath God said, a clear and direct point, yet there is a, an intruder in the garden. Are you with me tonight? I want us to understand that this word that we're preaching from tonight is not just a simple reminder of your childhood days in Sunday school. I feel compelled by the Holy Ghost to sound an alarm, a warning sign tonight that if God said don't do it, don't do it. This garden that God planted was good. Everything God did was great. A perfect and beautiful environment for mankind and we see clearly that God had, had pleasure. He was pleased for Adam and Eve to 
enjoyed the world that he created. Now, he wanted them to enjoy a world dominated by his presence, but also a place that was sustained by his word. A world full of gifts and blessings. A world that was comfortable enough for God himself to walk, to dwell in. A world where he and man could mutually enjoy. I mean, the place where God would walk in the cool of the day. But yet now the gates of hell are open and there is an intruder inside the garden. It's this moment that the dark shadow of hell begins to stretch across the world of Adam and Eve and the two voices are now present there. It's the voice of God. Yea, hath God said. And now it's the voice of the adversary what the devil has to say. Everybody shout two voices. Two voices, and now there are two forces that are present. It's God's voice, and it's the adversary's voice. It's the voice of creation, and now it's the voice of confusion. And there is a conflict in the garden between what God said to stay away from and now what the slippery serpent is saying, it won't cause you any harm. I want you to understand tonight the garden was not at fault. The garden was fine. It was okay. The tree alone had nothing to do with what danger Adam and Eve were, Adam and Eve were living in. In fact, the garden was clean. It was all right. In fact, the tree itself was all right. It was just a boundary that God set in place. And here it is that this situation is merely centered on one thing. I want you to look at your neighbor and say it matters what you choose to do. It's always about choices, young people. This is why we must have active wisdom in our lives. The prophet Isaiah tells us that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and the strength of thy salvation. One may know what to do, but they will lack the wisdom on how exactly to do it. I want you to hear me tonight. I'm not trying to be over your head, but to choose the right thing is wisdom placed into action. I know it's not right to do that, and so wisdom says don't touch the tree. Don't eat from the tree. Are you with me tonight? Are we still friends? Do I need to rap again? Is this going to be how it is tonight? I mean, let's just be honest here. There's a lot of people in this room right now. You've been conflicted with choosing what's right and what's wrong. My friends are involved in that, and they didn't die getting high. Surely I'll be all right. My, my friend said it's just one drink of alcohol and it's not going to leave a lasting impact. I'm just going to tell you right now, the devil is the father of all lies. And if his word, God's word says don't do it, I compel you tonight to put wisdom into action and stay away from the thing that will cost you the pleasure in the garden. Somebody shout yes. Knowledge comes through study, teaching, preaching, listening, and obtaining the word of God. Wisdom. Wisdom something all, all by itself. True wisdom. Heavenly wisdom. Comes from God. James said if any man of you lack wisdom. Let him ask of God that he giveth to all men liberally. He's not going to withhold it from you. He wants you to be wise. Let me reiterate the apostle James Inspired of God, he says, if you lack wisdom, you just got to ask for it. You have not because you. 
But again, it's about the voices in the garden. The tale of two voices is simply centered upon the fact that you've got the God who invented all things with purity and now you've got the voice of the intruder that has all bad intentions. So God sent me here tonight to tell somebody that God has a plan for your life and he knows exactly the way that you should take but the adversary on the other hand is not concerned about your future in heaven he wants to lure you down a dark damp cold path to a place called hell where hell hath enlarged itself without measure but Jesus said to those I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly and that's the thing it cost them in the garden cost them fellowship. It cost them the fruit. It cost them life. A chance to live forever. The privilege to keep living on, period. And it cost every generation and every family since that moment. Can I pause and just tell you tonight for just a few moments here, a little taste of pleasure in this world will have a big price tag to be paid by the destruction of an entire family. Yeah. If you want to see your family saved, then you've got to live by the wisdom of this great book right here. And when pastors start saying things that's hurting your feet and stepping on your toes and making you feel convicted, he's not trying to do so with condemnation. No, that's what the devil does. He makes you feel condemned. But God sent a man to the pulpit in your life to preach thus saith the word of the Lord. And though it may hurt sometimes, like a great operation, sometimes a surgeon has to cut your flesh open to fix what's wrong. And so the preacher in your life may slice you open spiritually and do some operation on your soul but I thank God for a preacher I thank God for the word come on this is a good time to help me preach right now I am where I am today because I had a preacher say if you don't get right you're going to get lost if you don't change the way you're living if you don't make the right decision you're going to cost your family My wife is here tonight and she can tell you very quickly, I'm not perfect. Is that right? See, she said it's right. I don't have to sleep on the couch tonight. That's good. But I want to tell you the devil will try everything he can to take what God has labeled sin. Oh, hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. And he wants to create a world of pleasure causing you to think it's not going to hurt anything. It won't make a lasting impression. you got to understand, Satan will use every single resource to manipulate and brainwash you into thinking that just a little sin won't hurt. I reiterate tonight, just a few drinks won't be a problem. Just a couple white lies won't kill me. A one-night stand is not going to hurt anything until the report comes that you've got AIDS and incurable disease in your body. It's all a lie. If the devil says it's all right, it's a lie. I've come to echo the mouthpiece of heaven tonight and tell you that God's way is the right way. You've got to get your heart, mind, soul, body, and spirit lined up with the word of God. It's for God I live. It's for God I die. I want the blessings of the Lord, so I must do what he has called me to do. Lift your hands and close your eyes. I want us to pray that freedom of the house. I feel resistance. I rebuke the devourer tonight in the name of Jesus. I need some pastors and leaders to lift their voice loud and clear tonight. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost for just a moment. Let's not go any further until I feel free to do so.
Come on, lift your voice in the tabernacle. Come on, let's tarry for just a moment. Come on, I've come to preach God's word through love tonight. I've come to remind somebody God's still in control. That regardless of what mistakes you've made, he's still got you in the palm of his hand. He's not finished working on your life. Hallelujah. Hear me tonight. I preach very bold and strong because we're fighting a devil that's very bold and strong. That was a good place to say amen. I'm not ashamed of the way I preach. I'm not ashamed of how aggressive I am when I preach, especially considering the world that we live in. Jesus said, as it were in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Lord. If you have not realized that we're living in Noah's day. Ah, some of you ought to consider Noah's day. Uh -huh. Where young ladies can't even go for a jog in Memphis without being abducted and killed and her body hid for a few days and they find them. It's not just about Chicago. It's not just about New Orleans or New York. It's happening everywhere. There's sin and perversion everywhere. Come on, I'm telling you right now, young ladies, keep your clothes on. Don't let that man get inside your wardrobe. You don't want to hear that preaching tonight, young man. It's not okay to be addicted to pornography and come to church and get your praise on. What you're doing is you're going through the motions. You're a fake and a fraud, and you need God to deliver you in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's all right if we preach like this tonight. Brother Russell, you pull my coat, but I come in the boldness of the Holy Ghost to tell you it's not all right to be addicted to nicotine and act like you've got your life under control. It's not okay to be messing around with the world. It's not okay to live double digging and one foot in the church or one foot out of the church. You better make up your mind whether I'm going to get hot, full of the Holy Ghost, or die lost and cold. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. I want to say this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm going to make it to heaven someday. Somebody shout hallelujah if you want to go to heaven. This is where it's going to wreck with you tonight. This is where it's going to make a lot of you wonder why you've been going through what you've been going through. Is this all right, Brother Presbyter? Am I okay, Brother Russell? Listen, it's always been about relationship. The command was, don't eat from that tree. It was in the midst of of the garden. That means it was right in the middle. Your obedience will always be on display. Right in the middle where everybody can see it. Are you with me tonight? Your responsibility is to be a light in the dark world. Hollywood has enough fraudulent activity. 
God forbid if the heavenly have the same thing. Uh, you're on trial tonight. And if they accuse you of being a sinner, you ought to make sure the only thing you're guilty of is being a radical apostolic, a Holy Ghost, come on, unashamed believer that says, I am not ashamed. You can go party if you want to, but I'm going to youth group. You can lie and cheat and steal on your exams, but even if I fail it, I'm going to give it my best ability as an honest student. Come on. Whether your parents come to church or not, it should not dictate your faithfulness to the house of God. Look, I got a beautiful wife over there whose parents were gone for a few years from truth, but she came to the house of God faithful every single time the doors were open. I want to tell you, you've got to make a choice to listen to the right voice or the wrong voice. And I promise you, the voice of the one that loves you is the one that died for you. But more importantly, he got up again. I've come to serve notice to hell. You don't scare me. You're not going to back me down into a corner. I've got an authority. I've got a boldness. And I want to declare it tonight. This is God's generation. This is God's peculiar people. This is God's. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Here, here's where it wrecks me when I, when I study this word. It's John chapter 10. Jesus speaking, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that cometh not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear my voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him. Here's why. For they know or the pool, they know his voice. A stranger, the Bible says, they will not follow, but will flee from him. Hear this part. For they know not the voice of strangers. What he's telling them in the New Testament is a reflection of the Old Testament. The voice of the shepherd is telling you stay away from that. Not because the tree is going to kill you, but because I'm trying to teach you that obedience is greater than sacrifice. You think, well, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's just, you know, I'm going to sacrifice food for the day. That's not what he's talking about. See, because when a man is married, he commits adultery. He is sacrificing his bond of marriage and putting his kids in a bad situation. 
But if he would have been obedient to be faithful to one wife, oh, my God. I'm not trying to wreck your world, but I come from a broken home. My family didn't have it all together. Obedience is you ought to say no to drugs. Why? Because it'll fry your brain and wreck your life, and you'll be twitching everywhere because you can't control it because of the meth and the crack that's in your body. Am I wrecking somebody's world tonight? I'm trying to help you to understand this is real life. You've got to get your mind and your heart checked with God because what it does is it sacrifices. When you make a choice to live for the world, then you are sacrificing the opportunity to live in a place called heaven. I just want to tell you, when sin is finished, it brings forth death. And I don't want to die on the devil's watch. I want to die knowing that I died speaking in tongues full of the Holy Ghost. Look, I come from a broken home and I had to make a choice after hearing the devil speak in my ears so long. You're going to be just like your father. You're not going to have what it takes to have a good marriage. I've had challenges on my marriage. Everybody in this room can tell you they've had challenges in their marriage but somewhere along the line I had to say you know what I refuse to be what the devil says about me. I'm not perfect, but there's one thing you cannot say. You can never say I wasn't passionate. I'm passionate. I want to be obedient to the word of God because I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with the one who I call the shepherd. Come on, are you hearing the word of the Lord tonight? See that... That, that's the case of the garden. It's the voice of the shepherd versus the voice of the stranger. <laughs> Here's what Jesus said. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And the sheep didn't hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Do you see what Jesus is saying in this text right here? The sheep... Know the voice, and that is the shepherd's voice. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Do you see what Jesus is saying in the scripture? If they don't come in the front door, don't trust them. When you're going to scare somebody, you never do it face to face unless you jump out of a curtain somewhere and the way that some of y'all look, I'd be scared if you stood out in front of me too. You're like, boo! Panic mode. But what he's saying in this text is how can you follow someone who you can't even meet face to face? You didn't get that. The devil doesn't have the audacity to come to you as the devil. He always comes as an imposture. As a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He is merely an imitation trying to bring intimidation. There's only one lion. And that's the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
And when you obey his voice, come on somebody, something happens in your spirit. Something shifts and the Shekinah descends from heaven. It says, because you've obeyed my voice, you don't have to sacrifice your life in the garden. You can be blessed right where I planted you. I'm trying to warn somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. You don't have to be the way your mother was. You don't have to be the way your father was. If you grew up in a broken home, you can reverse the curse. The only way to break a generational curse is to make a generational choice. That as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if your mom is faithful to church, you do your best to be as faithful, but even more so than your mother was. And if your dad was faithful to church, you do the best you can to be right there with daddy. But you better do everything you can to excel in your relationship with God. I wish I had a voice to preach as hard as I want to right now. I refused to sacrifice the fellowship of the shepherd and die in the hands of a stranger. Jesus said, don't be deceived by the stranger who would come to you anyway except for the front door. I'm almost finished because I want cheddars. I'm hungry. That's why I came tonight because there's cheddar. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got to be funny because it's a little thick in here right now. This, this, this concept about knowing the voice of the shepherd or the pool and not knowing the voice of a stranger, it, it, it gets me. Because I've been in the place I'm about to talk about that many, if not most of you are at right now in your relationship with God. How many feels like the devil speaks things into your head and your spirit and messing you up. Let's be honest, okay? You're not going to get in trouble for being honest. We're in church. Raise your hand. You ever feel that voice saying, do this, do that? What have you done to become familiar with his voice? What little crack and crevice have you left available that he can slither? A snake doesn't need a whole lot of space to get in. He just needs a little bit of area to slither himself into. Oh, I hate snakes, but I hate the devil even more. See, the sheep don't know the voice of a stranger. What have we done to be comfortable to recognize when the devil's talking in the first place? What have you been watching that's allowing him to creep into your life? What kind of DMs are you sending people when you see a girl that's half-dressed on Instagram or a boy that's flexing his shirt or topless? And Let's be honest. It's real issues in here tonight. You know, every time you like posts, Backsiders that are dressed worldly with a cigarette in their hand and alcohol, you're approving of their lifestyle. Stop it. It's dangerous because your witness is on display in the midst of the garden of social media. Is this okay? Is this all right? There's two voices at war for our souls. 
Notice I said our souls. I didn't say your souls. For mine, I'll be 41 years old pretty soon this month. And I am as bit of a red-blooded American, fleshly, that's flawed, that has to have more faith than fear. Because there's a war that's raging for my soul. That's why I can preach this to you tonight. I've repented all day. God, cleanse my heart. I know I'm not perfect. But what's so amazing to me, God, is that you have yet to take me off the potter's wheel. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You know what else comes to mind? He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world. Look at your neighbor and say, he still cares for you. That's why he sent me here tonight to tell you. It doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you've made up until this service tonight. You can change the way you've been living. And you can get right with God before you go home. I got to go back and tell you. I got to go back and tell you. Knowing that sheep get scared easily. The best way to keep the confidence and the trust of the sheep is to approach them from the front to avoid scaring them if I were to come from behind. Because the devil's not in the business of taking care of you. He's not concerned about your feelings. He doesn't care if you live or die. He just wants you to be fooled into believing that he has what's best for you. However, I've come to this pulpit tonight to preach to some young people. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, as a stranger, as a serpent, as whatever else he wants to perceive himself to be. Why do you think Jesus singled out Simon in Luke 22 and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may shift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. He said his name twice because it was urgent. Simon, Simon, pay attention. He wants to destroy you. He wants to scatter you. But I have prayed for you that your faith won't fail. And when you are converted, you'll strengthen your brethren because when the devil has a hit list, Jesus has a prayer list. There's a target on some of your backs here tonight. There's a target on your heart tonight. There's a target on your head. And it's not from the one that designed you. It's by the one that wants to destroy you. Are we okay tonight? God has sent me with good news to tell you I'm praying for you. I'm that mediator you need. I know you're going to be tried. I know you're going to come to temptation. But when that day comes, I'm praying that your faith won't fail. And when you come through this trial, and when you have strengthening in your hands and your heart. There's going to be somebody watching you in the midst of your garden, wherever that garden may be, because they're wanting to see how obedient you're going to be. They want to see how much more blessed you're going to come out of this thing when you walked into it. Hear the voice of the Lord tonight through this crazy preacher. 
you can overcome the attacks of the adversary. You can overcome the devices of the devil. And you can avoid the sifting of the serpent. And here's how you do it. You start by saying, Lord, I need you. If there's any sin in my life that would separate me from you, God, I pray you would cleanse me tonight. I pray that you would create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew within me a right spirit. You start professing these things because here's what happens. When you become obedient, it's because you've become submissive. You can't be obedient if you're not submitted. And submission is not done when you agree with what the pastor or the youth pastor says. It's when you disagree and you still obey that you're truly submitted. It's when you humble yourselves and say, I don't agree, but you are my authority and I honor you because I don't want to lose fellowship with the shepherd and sleep with the stranger. You always need the voice of God in your life. You always need the voice of your pastor in your life. And you always need the voice of your youth leader in your life. And for those who dare rebel against such authority, there is a remedy for rebellion. It's called submission. There's never a moment when being obedient places you in danger. It's when you step away from the safety of God's voice and you lend an ear to the adversary that you fall prey. That's why the word says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to them. You know what I hear tonight? Jesus is coming. You know what I hear tonight? Don't let the door of the boat shut on you while you're standing on the outside. Do what you've got to do to get right with God so when the door closes, you're on the inside and you're going to make your heavenly home and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. He said, what must we do on the day of Pentecost? Peter said, you must repent of your sins. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've not repented of the sin in your life tonight, now is a good opportunity to say, Lord, cleanse me tonight, Jesus. And if... You've not been baptized in Jesus' name. You're in the right place at the right time to get your heart together. And if you've yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues, right now is a good time for you to say, Lord, I invite you into my life to fill me with your spirit and to change me. I want you to stand on your feet tonight. I want you to lift your hands as high as you can. 
And I want you to raise your voice collectively, and I want you to pray a prayer of repentance and ask God to cleanse your heart tonight. Come on, let's do it together right now in the name of Jesus. God, purge me, Lord. Come on, let's do it. Come on, God's calling us to repentance tonight. Come on, I release the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, speak if you want to. Come on, prepare your heart for what God wants to do right now. Come on, I know this has been a little difficult tonight. I know I've been a little preachy to you, but I'm reaching for somebody's soul tonight. Come on. Reach out your heart right now and release unto him. God, I give you my all tonight. I release my heart to you, Jesus. Oh, God, everything I am, I release to you right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As she plays softly tonight, I heard, I heard a story years ago about a man that was building a house. It was a handicapped, accessible home. He had this one particular worker that was on his crew. And this house is about 35 minutes away from his own house and the contractor said I, I need about three weeks to finish this house if you can just stay my house I've got a few dogs Great Danes and a golden retriever I need somebody to take care of my dogs for me you can you can sleep in the master suite you can swim in the pool you can use the hot tub you can even have friends over I don't care but I just I just want one thing to be known there's a cookie jar on the counter right in the middle of the kitchen. I'm just asking, don't touch that cookie jar. You can have anything else in this whole house. You can have all of our food. You can have all the beverages you want. Just please, whatever you do, don't touch that cookie jar. On the last night of his stay, his curiosity got a hold of him. And guess where he went at midnight? To that cookie jar. And when he opened it, there was a bag of that guy's favorite candy. The worker loved peanut M&Ms. And he couldn't resist the temptation. So he ate that bag of M&Ms. And he said, I'll just get up in the morning and I'll go to the store and I'll buy another bag, and I'll put him back in there, and he will never know it. He looked around. There was no cameras. I mean, he's been there for almost three weeks completely. Everything was great. And he did that the next morning. He bought a new bag of M&Ms, dropped them in there. And that afternoon, the owner of the house, the contractor, who was finishing this peculiar house just up the road, a handicapped accessible home, came back to his house. And guess where he took that worker? took him to the kitchen where the candy was inside that bowl and this worker got nervous because he walked right to that cookie jar and he opened that lid and the man pulled out those M&M's and he opened it and he started eating M&M's but then he turned the bag over and said huh 
Something's wrong with this bag. Man said, what are you talking about? I never, what are you talking about? Guy took out a picture of another bag of I'm sitting right by that cookie jar and said, the expiration date is different than when I took this three weeks ago. He said, did you eat my M&M's? He said, what, 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 what? I just got curious. I got hungry. He said, but I asked you not to touch the cookie jar. He said, sit down. Sit down right there. So the man sat down on a little stool right by the countertop. He said, sir, I put that there as a test. Because where I've been the last three weeks, I've been putting the finishing touches on a house that I prepared for your daughter who's paralyzed in a wheelchair. And I was going to give you that house, but I only had one request. Don't touch the cookie jar. And the man starts weeping. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He said, I can't help, but I've got to charge you. You're going to have to pay now for that house. The man said, I can't afford it. I know what house you're working on. It's helping. It's a beautiful place. It's a ranch-style home. All the cabinets are low. All the controls in the bathrooms are low. The doorknobs are low. I, I, can't, I can't pay you. He said, you're right. You can't pay me. But I love you so much that I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to give you a chance to move into your house. But it's going to cost you something. He said, I'll do whatever it takes. He said, what? He goes, I'll do whatever it takes. He said, I want you to go and I want you to clean the entire house. I don't want one spot anywhere. And when you come back, if it's spotless, if it's the way it should be, I'll give you the keys to the house. And that man, through tears of repentance, was thankful for another chance. And he went back, cleaned that house. And he came back and the owner said, you're forgiven. Here's the keys to your new home. And I, I just, I like those type of deals because it rings in my ears. He's coming for a bride that's without spot or wrinkle. You may have made mistakes and you may have crossed the line and you may have touched the cookie jar of God's commands. But he loves you so much that he sent this preacher to say, I'm going to give you a second chance. That's how great God is. He's a God of second chances. Brother Blake, we don't deserve to be here tonight. But thanks be to God. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. I'm trying to reach for somebody tonight. Do not go to sleep tonight in a relationship with a stranger when you can have fellowship with a shepherd. Is this all right with anybody tonight? I don't know what you came expecting, but I'm reaching for somebody. It's not too late for God to get a hold of you. You've not gone too far that he can't reach you. It's not too distant from his hand to minister to you and to pull on you. I promise you, God still has everything for your life in perfect control. You've just got to reach out and touch the Lord and say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go the distance you want me to go, but just don't leave me out of heaven. Give me a second chance. Who needs that second chance tonight? 
who says I just want to come to this altar and strengthen my relationship with God who says I just want to reach out a little more come on I feel the Lord calling us right now come on come on I feel God saying I've come here to restore you I've come here to give you life don't listen to the voice of the stranger fall in love with your shepherd lead me Lord I'll follow lead me Lord I'll follow I'll do whatever you ask me to do Jesus Jesus